was a verbal phrase book. Look at number 110. Change my heart, oh God. Let's give 
found the glory. Father, we give you the glory for the great things thou hast done. And throughout the Bible, you remind us of the importance of scripture and tradition and reason and experience. And throughout the Bible, God tells us to consider. That word consider has vast height and depth and width. We pray, Father, this morning also that you would be with Tina, who is not with us. And we pray for others, Lord, Kathy Krause and Gary and Kathy Krause. We thank you for, as Chris and I visited with Janet Peterson and Janet, always ask about the church and who's in church and, and what things are going on in the church and the lives of the church people. We pray that you'd bless the, the Petersons and Janet be with Kathy Krause. And, and she always asks also, too, who's in church and who's doing certain things and traveling. And as we consider throughout the Bible, God tells us to use that word consider as we come to worship. We thank you for the Sunday school class, Ira, and great teachings. We pray for the baptism outside of our church windows today, the gathering as they baptize new members and old members too. We thank you, Lord, that you tell us to consider your many wondrous works. Consider what is before us. Consider the trouble and the pitfalls around us to consider. We consider our brothers and our sisters who are tempted and fall into sin to consider our nation and those who are in authority over us. We, if we will first consider, perhaps we will then not be so quick to push others down or talk about others. Scriptures remind us about brothers and sisters in Christ that if a person be overtaken in a, in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of meekness, gentleness, considering thyself lest thou be tempted. Galatians 6. We're to watch out as we worship that the hymns that we sing and the scripture that we study and the messages that we are given and be faithful to scripture and tradition, reason and experience. Watch out if we condemn so that we find not ourselves doing the same thing. We are to consider the ant, to consider the lilies of the field that as God cares for the ants in the fields and lilies in the field. Consider the ant. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Proverbs 6, 11. And Father, we just pray that you would bless the reading of your word now, according to Job chapter 37, 14, and so many other passages of scriptures that consider the importance of the word consider. As we consider the days that we have left, we thank you for Jay Hop and the gathering and those who worship by way of television and radio and YouTube and the favorable responses that we've received from those who are attentive to our services. And we thank you, Father, for those who are hospitalized and those who are in prisons and those who are incapacitated in one way or another that are unable to be with us. But they're with us in message. And Father, we just pray your blessings now on the scripture and the message as you taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you're joining us by way of television or radio or other means of communication this morning, our scripture is taken from Job chapter 37 and 14 and corresponding scriptures that use the word consider. Consider. Say it with me. Consider. Reading now from Job 37, 14. The word of God says, Hearken, stand still, and consider. And consider the wondrous works of God. Job 37, 14. Now, corresponding scripture is 1 Samuel chapter 12, 24 that says, Only, only fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Serve the Lord in truth with all your heart. And consider, say it with me again, consider how great things he hath done for you. At this time, I'd like to call on Mike, if you'd like to come, Mike. Good morning, brothers and sisters. I had a kind of, a, I kind of dove deep into who I was. There's actually a lot of him in this book, and just one of those short verses that I covered. But he was one of Job's friends. Actually, one of the three that came to Job, giving him the bad, the bad advice at the beginning of chapter 37. He was, of course, the last one to see arrived late. But he also offered the most valuable and correct encouragement to Job of the three friends. Correctly and gently confronted Job by seeing on God's, God's viewpoint, not his own. Although the youngest, he was the one that steered him in the right direction. At the end of chapter 32, he also showed irritation at the advice the other three men had given to Job prior, prior to himself. He was also angry at Job for justifying himself before God. In fact, he corrected Job for declaring himself sinless and thinking God would not answer his prayer. He didn't want to hear that from Job, and I don't want to hear that from anybody. In Job 33:12, he scolded Job. For I tell you, in this you are not right, for God is greater than any mortal. In Job 34, Elihu shifted Job to declare God's justice. In 34.12, he specifically says, I'll be true with God, will not do wickedly, and the Almighty will not pervert justice. God not only knows what you've prayed, he knows why you pray it. Again, in Job 34.5, verse 13 14, he correctly condemned Job for saying, Surely God, God does not hear an empty cry, nor does the Almighty regard it. How much less when you say that you do not see him, that the case is before him, and you are waiting for him. He also exalted God's greatness over Job's earthly issues. In the end, Elihu helped Job to see the situation that he was in from God's viewpoint, not just his own. And he also ended for Job to quit feeling sorry for himself and uphold God's righteousness. When you're, when you're seeing someone saying, oh, this happened to me, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, where's your praise for God? That was Elihu's point to Job. And that's actually a point for all of us to consider. There's that word, consider. <laughs> he showed respect to the other friends because he waited for last, he went last, he let the other three go, incorrectly given advice. Before he did, he, he stood by and let them go first. We shouldn't answer, we shouldn't ever question God about his presence with our discomfort. Oh Lord, why did this happen to me? Why did that happen to me? This, I'm so dumb. Don't do that to God. God didn't do that to you. 
the more you lift up God, praise his almighty name, and give him thanks, the more you're going to get in your own soul. In short, Elihu encouraged God to focus, Job, sorry, to focus on the great project, perfect majesty of God and place his own personal failures to the side and make room for always exalting and praising God. Thanks, Mike. Mike always does a good job and he takes that seriously. We want to let Robin know she was certainly missed last week and it's good to have her back. And, and Chris, we just appreciate it. So good to see Joan here and all of us. Maybe small in number, but high in quality. And if you're joining us by way of television or radio and you'd like to have a bulletin sent to your home, because we have an outline that when you follow, you know, kind of triggers their interest in those who utilize the outline in the bulletin oftentimes refer back to it and they, they find how during the week, you know, it just mysteriously, you know, it's not a coincidence that God uses the scripture to it is through some of the things that we we all are tried with during the week. So little little do I know that the heights and the depths and the experiences that you go through during the week, but God knows that in advance He has the sovereign sovereignty and foreknowledge, and He equips you. Oftentimes, some people will call me during the week and or and say, "Oh, you know what." What you shared coincided with equipping me with the ability to cope with the circumstances that I experienced during the week. And it's an encouragement to me to know that God that you, utilizes his works and wills through Mike and myself and the hymns that Clara's picks and our praise team, you know, where all elements work together to create an atmosphere of worship. And we we foster that presence of the Lord. Reading again from 1 Samuel 12, 24, it says, Only fear the Lord. I hope and trust that you have a reverence and a fear of the Lord as you come to worship and, and serve God and a sense of truthfulness in your heart. And then it says, Consider how great things God has done for you, correspondingly in our scripture. Job 37, 14 says, Hearken, stand still. And consider the wondrous works of God. Well, the first consideration in the outline in your bulletins is throughout the Bible. We had a wonderful Sunday school class, and I wish we could tape that forms of communication on television and radio because that, that's a wonderful preparation for worship and it oftentimes coincides. And Mike shares things that, that I may repeat or may not repeat because of the brevity of time that we have. Sure. But throughout the Bible, and we see situations in our world where in the past, the baby boomers, my generation, those were 1946 and 1964, we witnessed a kind of a real revolution. And it was a revolution, not only the Jesus revolution, but a revolution of values and virtues. You know, certainly all through creative history, there's been debauchery and there's been immorality and basically this new morality is just the old immorality coming forth again and the concept that you and I you know when you take um, real crud of this world watched a segment last night on Newsmax uh, Newsmax is just a wonderful station I encourage people to 
put in the newsmaks and it's about the 60s in 1969 and, and Charles Manson and certain names that we refer to and how these corrupt individuals took the virtues of girls and the virginity of girls, destroyed their souls and their spirits, the debauchery, and how basically psychology, you know, I spent a lot of my life studying psychology and the scriptures and the Bible. We have various political parties and various movements in our society that really don't believe in fallen nature of human beings. You and I, they, they don't believe in original sin. And as Christians, we believe in original sin. We believe in the fallenness of humanity. And there are elements of psychology that really believe that you're kind of created good and then you become evil. No, we're originally evil. And then we need a savior. We need Jesus to, to lead us. We need Jesus who's the truth and the life and the way. Well, throughout the Bible, God constantly reminds us to pause. And part of worship is that we pause. We pause for a moment and we consider. We consider what God has done for us to consider all the marvelous works of God. Many of the hymns that we sing are of the marvelous works that God has done for us and also to consider all God's ways in our lives. And all Christians, whether in the midst of blessings or in the times of adversity, should consider, consider their ways and remember from whence they came. In this moment, this moment of consideration and remembering will help us to make sure that we're on the right road. Now, I've, I've been known to trust in various technology that supposedly is to lead me, and I'm sure you have too, various maps and ingenuitive technology to lead us to certain destinations. We've found that we can't always trust in MapQuest. We can't always trust in technology to get us from point B to point A. I've even had technology tell me that where you're at right now, you can't get where you want to go. But thank God, God lets us know where we're at and how to get where we want to go. And certainly all our goals are to seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. The prophet Isaiah spoke of God leading his children. God is leading you and I. And Isaiah chapter 28, 10 says, Precept upon precept line upon line that every time you take a step on life's journey and really you and I while we're living we're on a journey we're on a journey every time you move up with God every time God uses you and me he wants you to consider and to make sure your heart your heart is right with him and to make sure that your heart is right with him, that if you set aside just a few moments, that's why we have our daily devotions. That's why we need to take time to speak with God. A few moments of time occasionally to take an inventory, an inventory of your life and actions, you will find a sense of bearing. I used to have a, a typing instructor who also was a, a study hall supervisor. His name was Mr. Rosti. And he, after he taught his class, he'd take out his little Gideon Bible and he'd read in school. And I, I oftentimes think about the impression that he made on his students by taking that Bible and just opening it up. He made a great impression upon me. 
And later in life, as he retired from teaching, went through a short period of time where he became a superintendent of schools and then a principal, and as he was kind of winding down in life, and still alive, I talked with him here a few years ago and invited him to one of our reunions. When we talked on the phone, we had an occasion to, to work together. We studied together after I went through college, seminary, and PhD, we would talk and we discuss elements of life, and we bailed hay together, and we worked together on the farm. It was such a, a journey that of influence that he had upon my life, and it seemed to be very touching when I when I told him the the impact that he had made on my life, just by opening up that small little Gideon Bible that the Gideons would hand out, you know, at the bus stop. And, just the impact of his witness and his testimony. Whether you find anything there or not, it's still well to ask that question that the psalmist asked in the 139th verse, the 24th verse. It says, Lord, is there any wicked way in me? I oftentimes, when I'm praying in preparation and you know, we're kind of getting down to the time of reading scripture, I'll, I'll pray, Lord, is there any wicked way in me? Or Lord, take the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. May they be acceptable to me. To the O Lord, fill me not with myself, but with God. And, and then I imagine the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit at the back of the church. And, and I imagine pleasing the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the majestic and the, the splendor of God. And that word consider reminds us that there can be a root a root of bitterness in our hearts that may or may not hurt the individual you are bitter against. But it will certainly help to destroy your faith in God, your holiness and your justification to God. The scriptures remind us to look diligently lest any person fail, fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness bringing up trouble through thereby many, many may be defiled according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Now the word consider, according to Webster's dictionary, means to examine carefully, to examine your life carefully. How long has it been since you have examined your life carefully? When I was in the military for some 20, some years, we had our annual physicals that would test every part of our body to make sure that we were deployable that at any hour minutes minutes and I, I still have my bag packed with three undies and you know various clothing because I, I think that's an act of preparation. I've utilized it. What was that? Your go bag. My go bag, my go bag. You know, that reminds us how long has it been since you've examined your life? Are you ready to go to meet the Lord? Some people never examine themselves because they're really too busy. They're too busy examining the lives of others. But how long has it been since you have considered all your ways? You've considered all your ways. Have you been taking God's blessings for granted? Have you been treating God like an old shoe? Do you stop occasionally and ask, Lord, am I on the right track? 
Maybe you and I should ask that question. Can you repeat after me? Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Have you been taking God's blessings for granted? Have you been treating God like an old shoe do? Stop occasionally and ask, Lord, am I on the right track? Have I kept that first love of you and for you in my heart? It's, it is amazing how the flesh, how the flesh will often try to replace God in your life. Here a few years ago, I counseled at a Billy Graham evangelism event, and there was a Harold Lindsay, I think it was Dr. Harold Lindsay, who wrote this book, The Devil of Flesh. The Devil of Flesh. Remember that book? Red book. But it was, there was three things. The devil, the flesh, and the world. And how we, it contends to, to destroy our faith in Christ. It's amazing how the flesh will often try to replace God in, in your life. God wants you to consider. Consider the marvelous things he has done and is doing for you. Consider what God, what God, what God has done for you. And consider what God has done for you. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, that great king of Babylon, looking out over that great city of Babylon and how God had utilized it's so good to see some new faces here. We've got some bodybuilders here, it looks like. Built for the house of the kingdom of God, and the might and the power of God, and for the honor of God's majesty. Daniel 4.30 deals with this. Certainly, Nebuchadnezzar had not built that city by his own power. As you read the Old Testament, you come across the word Nebuchadnezzar, all the miraculous things that he had done. For it was God who had given Nebuchadnezzar that kingdom. It was God who had blessed Nebuchadnezzar, yet Nebuchadnezzar looked over Babylon. Looked over Babylon with his self-centered pride. Self-centered pride. We've got to be careful. We don't develop that self-centered pride. If only Nebuchadnezzar had stepped, stopped a little sooner and considered what he had spoke. If only Nebuchadnezzar had first considered the great and the mighty things that God had done for him, he might have saved himself seven long years of shame and misery. And if we would consider how God has blessed us, we could save ourselves many years of shame and misery. How much valuable time people lose in their lives because they, they fail to stop. They fail to consider the Bible warns God's people to consider the source of their blessings. Beware that thou forget not the Lord when thy, thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thy heart be lifted up, and thou say, we actually say, there's a, our heart speaks to our mind. Thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hands had gotten me as well. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is the God that giveth thee power to get wealth in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 18. Now, is everything going well with you? Are you living in, in a home? Are you driving a car? Then you are vastly ahead of the majority of the inhabitants of this world. Are you able to pay your bills and you have a 
nice clothes. Where do these things come from? Are they the result, the result of your own ability, or, or is it because of the love of God, the love of God that he manifests to you and I? Remember, it is the Lord who gives you power to get wealth, to get wealth. All your blessings come from the hand of God. You certainly did not receive these blessings because of your being so handsome, pretty. Neither did you receive them because of your your connections, your education, your, your strength, or your ability. They are yours because God has given them, given them to you. Therefore, pause a moment. Pause a moment now and then consider what great things God has done for you. Let us pray. Throughout the Bible, God tells us to consider, to consider his many wondrous works, to consider what is before us, to consider the trouble and the pitfalls around us, to consider, to consider that our brothers and our sisters who are tempted and fall into sin, that if we first consider, perhaps we will then not be so quick to push them down or talk about them. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible reminds us, as brethren, that if a person be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou be tempted. Watch out if you condemn, you may find yourself doing the same thing. We, could, we are to consider the ant, to consider the lilies of the field. Consider the ant, go to the ant. Thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Proverbs chapter 6, 11. With every head bowed by way of television and by way of radio and YouTube and other means of communication, may we all repeat this prayer together of dedication and rededication. Dear Jesus, you died for us. Help us to live for you. Forgive our sins, O oh Lord. Come into our hearts and life. Be our Savior and our Lord. And empower us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we move on, I'd like to take a moment or two. And I'm just wondering if Mr. Smith would like to take that mic and give us a little update on where you've been and what you've done. It's either Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith. Would you like to come and share? Oh, we want, we want the television audience to see this buff guy. My goodness. This guy used to steal my cookies. <laughs> Uh, all is doing well. Uh, I'm in, still in West Fargo. Uh, my wife and I, we bought a house about a year ago in West Fargo, North Dakota. So we've been officially living there since October. I'm still <laughs> at the same company I've been with since I graduated. It's called Elder Mark Software. So just, just working along each day. Uh, uh, we did find out about... 12 weeks ago that we're expecting a little one. So, yeah. Thank you. So it's our first child. So, But yeah, that's that's really it for me. Same old. Still remember you. Same man. Pastor, you're like a rock 
wonderful, marvelous name of Christ. May we consider our ways and our corrections. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Close with singing Shalom to you out of our purple hymnal, 666.